Hello, this is Vin Peterson from Politics Weekly, and today we're going to talk about some current events for this week. So we're going to start in my home state of Arizona with the state legislature. It appears that Governor Hobbs will be dealing with divided government. Um, Of course, Republicans have an extremely narrow majority in both houses of the state legislature, so we'll see how that plays out um, on things like budget negotiations, for example, on appropriations bills, how that will be playing out, possibly make sure that they increase school funding which and override that expenditure limit that's going to be coming up soon, the March 1st deadline for the aggregated expenditure limit. And if that's not raised in Arizona, schools will public schools will have to cut $1.5 billion out of their budgets. $1.5 billion, which is a very significant amount. Yeah, they're going to have to cut that from their budgets, according to AZ Central, is that they're going to have to cut large portions of the budget if this antiquated spending cap on Arizona public education doesn't get lifted. So that's definitely a huge concern. Also passing an appropriations bill um, for Governor Hobbs to avoid a state government shutdown. That's one thing. Another thing would be addressing the teacher shortage, homelessness, water crisis, um, immigration. All those will be um, hop on topics at the legislature. Um, We'll see how Things play out with a divided government. There's definitely going to be conflicts on things like election laws, for example, on like photo ID laws or other pieces of legislation members might introduce. And there also might be conflicts over like, I believe there was some bills in the state Senate to regulate drag queens at the state legislature in Arizona. I doubt those will get passed through a video. There's also a bill on corporate tax cuts. I don't think that's going to get signed. So there's going to be a ton of vetoes. Janet Napolitano, the former governor of Arizona, has the record for the amount of vetoes, 59 in one year and 180 throughout her entire eight years as governor. We'll, we'll see whether or not Haas will surpass that. I suspect that she will either get very close to that number or surpass it. We will see. Um, that's my expectation is that whether or not she'll surpass it, I'm not quite sure. It's hard to say. But whether or not she'll surpass that number of vetoes that Napolitano's got, um, my suspicion is that it's either going to get extremely close to um, beating Napolitano's record or um, beat it straight out. We'll see how things go for Governor Hobbs um, and dealing with divide government. I mean, the thing is, though, I don't think it's going to be too hard because Democratic governors in places like Kansas, for example, Wisconsin and other states have dealt with Republican state legislatures and Democratic governors, so I don't think it's going to be too difficult, but there will definitely have to be compromise working with a conservative state legislature and a Democratic governor. It's not going to be easy necessarily, and it's too early to say whether Hobbs will be like a corporate, like blue dog Democrat or a more progressive or more of like an establishment type Democrat. I'm not sure quite yet. We'll see how that plays out as she's governor. Um, So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of things to see in the Arizona State Legislature. Hopefully there's some compromises on things like raising teacher pay, for example, and addressing our teacher shortage, like where one in four students are leaving the school in Arizona, which is causing, like, enormous problems for our educational system here in Arizona. Another problem is, of course, water. water. Like, the Rio Foothills Village has no water, and I think the... Glen Canyon Dam could go offline pretty soon near Lake Powell. So there's a lot of concerns with that. Hopefully that gets addressed. Um, There are other concerns as well, but those are the big ones. Um, By the way, I did do a blog um, 
Um, I did two blogs, one on um, Governor Hobbs and the other on Speaker McCarthy. And I plan to do another one on George Santos pretty soon. You can go check it out at vinpolitics.com. Um, and you can click on the blog section or you can insert www.vinpolitics.com forward slash blog. And you will get the information that you need to see all of my blog posted blog posts. I currently have two blog posts. I encourage you all to read it. So check it out at vinpolitics.com. Okay, so those are just a few things in the state legislature I think that that I will be talk that will be discussed. Um meanwhile, moving on to the Biden documents scandal. I know people are definitely gonna have questions about it and people will have varying opinions on it, including myself. So it's revealed of course that Biden's lawyers, his lawyers, his personal attorneys, found documents at the Penn Biden Center and later found several documents at his Wilmington, Delaware home um, that was released later. And the thing is, I think that they found several documents with classified markings similar to Trump and that they found like classified documents that shouldn't be in places, you know, where they're supposed to. The difference, of course, between Biden and Trump, obviously, is that they're co Biden, the Biden administration is cooperating and it's his own lawyers that found them compared to the Trump administration situation where the lawyers where the lawyers swore under oath that there were no classified documents misplaced and then the FBI raided and found out there were classified documents and that they wouldn't be compliant with a siege search so that's why the DOJ went after them and of course Biden and Trump have both have a special counsel I mean the Trump case is more severe um, both of these are pretty bad and Biden has at least cooperated which is a good thing and I believe that it's a good that the Biden administration is cooperating with the National Archives on this matter, and that's important. And I think from that standpoint, knowing about the issue, I think they've handled it pretty well. My only concern would probably just be a bit more transparency over the situation, just pe- the public is in question, that's all. In terms of one thing is that, so yeah, it, though to be clear though, mishandling classified information is pretty serious stuff. I mean, we've seen politicians before mishandle classified information, whether it's Clinton or whether it's Trump or whether it's Biden. Politicians on both sides of the aisle just need to be a lot more careful about handling classified information and that people, we just need to take classified information more seriously, I think. That goes, I think Biden mishandled this when he was vice president quite badly. But um, like I mentioned, um, it's not nearly as bad as the Trump situation and they are cooperating, um, which is good. But there are also some pretty concerning issues with how this relates to, you know, keeping classified information in places that they should not be, I think is kind of concerning. So, yeah, I know the thing that the most notable difference in this case would be how party leaders reacted to this case. Like, I think when Trump got the Mar-a-Lago raid, like, every Republican was like, oh my gosh, this is an outrage, why is the DOJ so politicized, and like, oh my goodness, like, that was the reaction from the Republicans. Meanwhile, the Democrats' um, reaction has been like, um, okay, this is concerning, but at least they're cooperating, or something like that. I think Senator Mark Warner, who's the Democratic senator from Virginia, he's the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee. He has requested, I believe, to be briefed on the the situation, I think, by the Department of Justice. Um, I think Senator Dick Durbin and Elizabeth Warren have expressed concerns over this. So yeah, 
The biggest difference, I think, would be the um, difference in how party leaders are reacting. Um, I do think that Biden could have, like I said, could have handled this better as vice president, didn't take it seriously enough as vice president, and should have regrets over that. But at the same time, like I said, they are cooperating with the um, National Archives, which is good. And also, I think that this is nowhere near as bad as the Trump case and these are definitely not apples to apples cases in terms of the Trump versus Biden case. Nonetheless, I mean, it's still concerning that people are having classified documents, but at the same time, I don't think it's near um, the level of the Trump case, in my opinion. Um, yeah, so in my opinion, it's concerning, but not criminal. That's my opinion. It's concerning, but not criminal. Yeah, there should be investigations on this, but um, and there are actually, like I mentioned, there's a special counsel, but Ultimately, I do think that it's a concern. Um, that's all I have to say on the classified documents um, issue. Another issue that Congress will be facing pretty soon, the government already hit its debt limit um, in February, um, January, um, just a few days ago. The last time it was raised was November of 2021, and it's going to probably have to be raised by June to avoid a default. And Kevin McCarthy has a very, very, very narrow majority, of course, but as part of a way to get the speakership, to get the votes to become speaker, the thing is, he actually had to sign, um, they act, he had to agree to concessions as he heard about it. And one of these concessions is to not agree to any debt limit increase unless it includes paired spending cuts, which is a pretty bad idea in my opinion. Um, first, you know, what type of spending are they going to cut? They haven't specified what spending they're going to cut. Um, and of course, the thing is, most of the federal government's budget isn't even up for debate. It's only like a third of the budget or about like 25% of the budget is up for debate. The rest of it is mandatory spending programs like Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. So that's something to note. Um, I'm not sure what are they actually going to cut. Um, that's something to be curious. What are they wanting to cut? I'm not sure. And second... The thing is, the debt limit makes absolutely no sense for one reason. For First off, Congress has already approved the amount of spending that the government's taking in. Congress has already approved the levels of spending. So they're just, and if Congress doesn't raise the debt limit, what will happen is the country will default on its credit, on its debts, which could cause um, a pretty severe recession. A Moody's analysis said it could cost 6 million jobs, and we don't want that. It could plunge us into a recession, cause interest rates to rise like crazy, cause inflation to rise like crazy, downgrade the U.S.'s credit rating, and it would just be a bit of a political catastrophe. And you know, in 2011, they raised the debt limit eventually, but they got close not to raising it, and even the mere political specter of it downgraded the U.S. credit rating from AAA status to AA plus status. So even just the fear of defaulting risks damage to the economy. So Honestly, it should be eliminated, and that might sound radical. I get where you're seeing, like, saying, like, oh, will Congress just spend limitlessly? And, like, the point of the debt ceiling is, oh, just to curtail spending or whatever. And fine, I guess your point is valid, but it's really not. I apologize, but it's really not because one thing is countries in Europe, they don't have debt limits. Like, Germany doesn't have a debt limit. Um, France doesn't have a debt limit. Um the UK doesn't have a debt limit. Um, they don't have debt limits. Most countries in Europe don't. And Denmark has it, but it's so high, it's at 500% of GDP, they're never going to come close to hitting it. 
And the thing is, all those countries that I just mentioned, um, they have lower debt-to-GDP ratios than the U.S. It's amazing, right? Is the fact as that de- the debt limit isn't even working as its intended purpose is to to limit the amount of spending that the government is taking on. Yeah, so the thing is that if we don't raise the debt li- limit, um, um, we could not be able to pay all the government's obligations in terms of like federal employees and stuff like that. But eventually we won't be able to pay interest on our debts, which could cause a default and be catastrophic. So yeah, the debt limit is just very arbitrary and it just doesn't make a lot of a sense in a modern economy and most countries in Europe don't have it. I mean, if lawmakers would want to limit the amount of deficits that have compiled onto, both parties, in my opinion, have been pretty bad with that. Like Democrats, for example, they increase spending without raising taxes or finding another revenue source to compensate. And Republicans, they always cut taxes, but it's been pretty rare that they've agreed to any significant spending cuts. So the thing is, I get that's how the political incentive structure works. Cutting spending and raising taxes is not politically popular. That's just how it works, and you have to face the voters eventually. So that's why it's just been politically unpopular to bring down deficits and debt. I mean, honestly, though, if Congress wants to lower the debt, the amount of debt the country's taking on, which I think it should actually, that there should be less debt, they could either change the tax code or reduce spending or some way to reform spending. But I don't think that this debt limit thing is just not working. It just creates a risk to the global economy whenever we talk about it and when we're, whenever we have divided government like right now. And this has been raised under Trump uh, without any problems. This has been raised under Trump in 2017 twice and in 2019 under Trump when it, with the Democratic Congress and hasn't caused any issues. So I hope Republicans just follow the precedent of raising it again like they did with Trump three times and like some Republicans agreed to raise the debt ceiling in 2021, like they did. Um, so, the, so the thing is just like, I hope this doesn't become a political brawl, but the rules and concessions that Kevin McCarthy agreed to probably force it to be that way. So that's kind of sad. Let's just hope we don't default, because if we do, um, it will send the economy into a very bad situation. And what a default would mean for you would mean higher interest rates. Like your mortgage rates will go up because bond yields go up. Other interest rates climb. So that could be things like um, that could be things like homes, for example. That could be things like your cars or a dishwasher or student loans. Those things could all cost more if Congress doesn't raise the debt limit and we default. It could be catastrophic. Yep. And just to reiterate, even some economists think that the debt limit should be removed. I think Jason Furman, um, a former economist under the Obama administration, um, said that the debt limit, I think, should be eliminated, just like every other country in the world was his statements. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to have this arbitrary spending cap on spending that Congress has already approved. I mean, that's the problem with the debt limit. I mean, you pass a law that says you have to spend $10, for example. And you can only uh, collect nine dollars in taxes, but then it passes another law saying you can't, you're not allowed to borrow a dollar. I mean, it makes no sense. It literally makes no sense. Um, all countries take on debt, but only the U.S. and Denmark have debt ceilings. And Denmark, I mentioned, is kept so high it's never going to threaten their economy. So the U.S. should either eliminate it or send it so high that nobody's ever going to have to worry about it again. Because the thing is, we just can't have this situation happen. And like I mentioned, there's not even good evidence that it works, for example, because, you know, countries without debt limits, they have 
lower debt to GDP ratio. So it's just totally irrational why we're even keeping it. I think President Biden was asked, do you support removing the debt limit? He said no, actually, on whether he'll support abolishing the debt ceiling, which I think is I think President Biden is wrong on that. I mean, he should be asking for Congress in the lame duck to send a bill to his desk to remove the debt ceiling permanently. That's what he should have done. But unfortunately, he hasn't done that. And it looks like we could be facing a potential economic crisis, potentially in the U.S., but also worldwide because, you know, the dollar is the world's currency, basically. So this could potentially cause worldwide financial chaos. And we're the largest economy in the world. So just the, the ramifications are just massive. That's all I have to say in terms of the current events for this week. Um, if you like this podcast, I encourage you to subscribe. Um, you can be a paid subscriber or you can just subscribe and receive regular updates. Either one is great, in my opinion. Paid subscriber is especially helpful, but you can do either one. It doesn't matter to me. Also, you can once again visit my website at vinpolitics.com. And peace out, everybody, and have a great day. Bye.